Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCord, founder of Got Hope Ministries, along with co-host Dr. Michael Bogart, president of Aspect Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is king, and we are the subjects and citizens of the kingdom of God. Yes, welcome once again to Kingdom Talk Radio here every Saturday on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And we're talking all things kingdom here, and as always, we have so much to talk about. Uh, there's a lot going on in the community. I have a very special guest. I'm going to introduce her in just a minute. Uh, and uh, we're just excited about what God is doing in the midst of this hour on earth, in planet earth, as followers of Jesus Christ, in the context of darkness, the light is shining so much brighter. The kingdom of God is established, and uh, she is growing more and more under that perfect Day. The Bible says the, ba- the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more under the perfect day. Happy New Year, uh, our first uh, Saturday uh, in 2022 here uh, on Kingdom Talk, and we're just grateful that we have an opportunity to bring the gospel of the kingdom, to bring hope, to bring life to the Central Valley here in California, up into the mountains and in the surrounding area and beyond. We have listeners on Facebook from all over. You can join us on Facebook at uh, Kingdom Talk uh, uh, Radio. You can join us also on YouTube, uh, and you can email us at kingdomtalkgmail.com. Again, every Saturday from 12 to 1, uh, and we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, first of all, I want to make sure people understand there's a 21-day uh, prayer and fasting event or events going on here in the Central Valley. It's, a, it's an expression of unity in the kingdom of God, and 21 days, there's about 30 churches or so that are involved in this, and uh, it's absolutely a great opportunity to experience the kingdom in more robust dynamics than we do at our own local church, because there are nightly services starting this Sunday. Um, uh, There is a kickoff uh, meeting uh, here in Fresno, and here's the uh, there's several churches that this is going to be at, but if you just go to northparkchurch.org, you can get all of the information on this. That's northparkchurch.org, and it has the list of all of the services and all the churches that are participating. Uh, we have, um, again, Sunday, January 9th, this Sunday at 6 p.m., Clovis Hills Community Church. So there are, you know, uh, more than two dozen churches that are participating in this. And so that kickoff service uh, is uh, 6 p.m. this Sunday, January 9th at Clovis Hills Community Church uh, on Willow Avenue. And then uh, starting from there, it goes the next night on January 10th. On Monday, it's at 7 p.m. in person or online. That's going to be at the First Armenian Presbyterian Church on Monday, uh, the 10th. And then on Tuesday, January 11th, Breaking Free Revival Center. Uh, and, and and onward, uh, Wednesday at New Covenant Church. You can get that list every night for 21 days. Uh, the body of Jesus Christ is going to be gathering as the singular capital C church, uh, not just this denomination or that denomination, not just this church building or that church building, but the kingdom of God uh, as one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, representing Christ in the earth to bring salvation to the world. You know, the church is God's plan to bring salvation. And and as I uh, introduced our guest uh, here, I met Monet at a multi-church kingdom 
rally or event in the park in Oakhurst. My goodness, it must have been about five years ago. And um, I had never uh, met you before, Monet Beltran, uh, until that day. And it was such a glorious time. And it's so wonderful to see your beautiful face and to have you on Kingdom Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Dennis. Yes, you know, um, I do remember that day up in the park. We had, uh, gosh, we, we probably had over 20 churches represented there. Um, and uh, what was awesome, Monet, about so many things was it wasn't just, you know, uh, three songs and a sermon, you know. Uh, we had kingdom dynamics. We, had, we brought it, ugh, there were multiple pastors there. We had, we had worship, multiple worship teams, and representing multiple churches. We had prayer, prophecy, proclamation, testimony. We had uh, pantomiming or whatever where they were doing, uh, where the, the Callis family was doing uh, like a, uh, some sort of a uh, mining a skit, a skit uh, you know, of the gospel. And then yes. you came and gave your testimony, which we're going to hear today. And we have uh, on the title of this program that... Uh, Monet Beltran was struggling with her sexual identity, but she found her new identity in Christ. And so you got up that day and shared your testimony, and it was it's, it's so powerful. And this young man who was hanging out in the park, he had been on the street, he was couch surfing, um, he's all tattered up and everything, and, and, and he came to the, the park that day, beautiful day, and, uh, you know, he, he got something. We had food there as well, you know, and, uh, yes. and so he, 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 he left cause he started just not feeling uncomfortable and he went and went over to his friend's apartment across the bridge. Then he came back and he went back again and he came back, he kept coming. And then he heard your testimony and he came to me, Monet, and there was a pastor speaking and he said, Dennis, I got to share this. I need to share this. God's doing something in my life. So I asked, excuse me, pastor. And it brought him up to the microphone and he shared how God had spoken to him that his sister was struggling with her sexual identity and that the gospel and the testimony that you gave uh, gave him hope for her and for him and that uh, he put his faith in Christ and he was uh, suicidal and depressed and, and we all gathered around him and just prayed for him and welcomed him into the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus Christ showed up because yes. we were gathering according to the pattern God showed us on the mount. And then the like when Moses, when he set up the tabernacle, he built everything the way God said. He put everything in place. And then the Holy Spirit moved in like a cloud and they fell on their faces because the glory of the Lord showed up in such a manifest way. And I believe that's what happened there in the park uh, that day when you were there and you shared your testimony. Yes, that was such a beautiful testimony of that young man. I remember that he was struggling with suicide and he really felt like he encountered the Lord. It was such a divine uh meeting with God and it just shifted his life. It, it's just so beautiful. The power of Jesus and the word of our testimony Come on, and the blood of the lamb. And Come on. I just, I, I didn't forget that testimony. That testimony really stood in my heart and I'm excited to go back to that area um, as well. So um, we're looking forward to having you. Uh, uh, yes. You know, it says in, in the revelation 12 that the, uh, the devil has come down with great wrath knowing he has but a short time but they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You gave your testimony to the gospel of the kingdom, how God transformed you and others were empowered to overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Isn't that amazing? Amen. And, yes. you know, and the devil has come down 
with great wrath. And we see it in our earth today with COVID and uh, just wars and rumors of wars and the civil unrest and gender confusion and what's going on in our schools, Monet. You know, uh, kids are really hurting. So many young people, yeah. they're saying like a third of young girls are questioning their sexual identity. And uh, no. and uh, there's activists in the school that are pushing this. It's, it's, it's documented. This is not conspiracy. This is not hearsay. We have documents. We have downloads. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But so, so Monet, God got a hold of you. You were a young lady. You, you're from the Central Valley. You're in Florida now. You got a ministry uh, that you yes. have. Yes. And a bus. And you travel around with your team and you bring the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, but you were a young lady being raised here in the Central Valley in the Tulare County. And, and what was that yes. like? And what was going on in your life when the Lord got a hold of you? Yeah, I um, was raised in uh, the Central Valley. And um, so I'm a California girl. <laughs> um, you know, I was raised, I wasn't raised in religion. And, um, you know, from early age, I would say probably like preschool. Um, I really believe that I was born in the wrong body. I felt like I was supposed to be a boy and God had made a big mistake. Mm. Um, I was very confused and very lost, very emotional. And, um, you know, my family encouraged me to just continue to be a tomboy is what we called it. And I was just this tomboy playing sports and I felt like I was supposed to be a boy and I didn't talk much about it. The, the conversations and talk back in uh, my childhood weren't as common as they are today. Right. Um, I just knew I struggled and suffered in my heart. Mm. Um, it was at the, the age of puberty when I began to become very angry, when I realized that I was not a boy, that I was fully a, a girl. I was a woman mm. and uh, my body had gone through pu- puberty. And a lot of young ladies um, at that age celebrate puberty. But for me, I was so angry. I remember cursing and being angry and mad and just feeling this injustice. Um, as time went on, um, I went through so much different things in my childhood. Um, I was, uh, I struggled a lot with fear and darkness, a lot of confusion, um, a lot of uh, feeling um, not accepted in society, not accepted in all these different ways. When my family had fully accepted um, the fact that I was a tomboy and when I did come out as a homosexual, they as well as accepted um, that statement. Um, they were in full support of my lifestyle. Um, they just wanted me to feel belonging. They wanted me to feel loved. They didn't want any confrontation. Um, I had blackout rage, um, blackout rage. I'd have anger and I would just black out in this rage and anger. Um, I was very confused. They tried to take me to psychologists. They tried to get me therapy. They tried to get me help. They did whatever they could um, that they knew uh, what to do back then. Um, I wasn't raised, uh, like I said, in religion. So um, although there was attending a church on Sundays for my family, um, there was no... uh, understanding of who jesus was other than hearing about his name mm-hmm. um and even the crucifixion at the cross but not talking about him being raised from the dead um and so there was um there was just a lot of confusion there a lot of disruption in my childhood um i began to seek um a place of love and belonging um i really wanted connection um i was you know, seduced by a young lady at the age of 12. We were both young. And I remember she gave me attention. She gave me affection. And I finally felt like connected to somebody and, um, you know, just went full blown into homosexuality at that point. I really kept it a secret, didn't want to tell anybody and just felt so secluded and tormented. Um, 
Was she no, also no, no, young? Uh, was she at 12 years old as well, or was she older? Or She was a little bit older, okay. but close to my age. Okay. Yeah, and, um, and so I just continued on um, trying to figure out if there was a God, who was this God, and, um, you know, my life escalated then. I began to cut my hair short, and um, I began to hear uh, for the first time of what a transgender was. Mm-hmm. I knew I had come to this place of, um, it was a gender confusion. Um, there was a, a diagnosis um, in a psychology book. It called it a gender confusion. And um, and then I heard on a TV show, it was called Transgender. And I remember thinking like, I must be a homosexual. And then I remember years later thinking, I must be transgender. I was born in the wrong body. And I began to hear this, this theology of being born that way, that you're born that way, you know, that, you know, God created you like that. There's nothing you could do to change. And I really took on this theology as a place of identity. I really believe that that was true. There's no arguing me any different. And if anything, I would probably prove a point or get you to convert your theology to my theology. Very aggressive about my theology and my understanding and experience. So you did you did consider yourself a Christian? No. Okay, but you had no. a, you had you had a, a, a religion. You had a, your own religion. Um. Yeah. Just I made up my own religion. Right. Um. So I didn't participate necessarily in church. I, at times in my life, I would attend a church. Um, there was Lutheran, there was Catholic, and occasionally went to a Christian uh, church as a young child. Mm-hmm. But um, I made up my own God. Right. So I, I knew there was a creator out there, but I didn't know who the creator was. I didn't know who this God was. It may be a higher power of some sort, um, the creator of the world, uh, Buddha. And, you know, I didn't know who it was. And um, so I just began to have my own ideas of who God was. How long ago was that? expected from me. How long ago was that when you when you um, come to came to faith? Five years, ten? What was it? Seven years ago? How long ago was that when you came to faith? When I came to faith, faith it in was Christ. eight years ago. Okay, eight years at ago. the age of thirty. Yes. Okay, and so then uh, that song, uh, "I Kissed a Girl and Liked It," had that come out yet, or or "Born That Way"? Um, but were they already? Yes, those songs came out right about that time, huh? What or even before then? So you so said that was kind of some of those things were encouraging you with that theology that ideology or philosophy yes absolutely the whole cult absolutely was encouraging yeah i call it the cult sure you know there's the the cult of of our culture where it's promoting and pushing this especially on young girls so you're this yes you know this pure-hearted young girl you're 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 broken like every human being but you're in tulare this beautiful young girl and and you're you're struggling and 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 all human beings struggle with their identity growing up, every one of us, and some more than others, some sexual identity, some uh, other aspects of identity with regards to their family or their race, uh, you know, um, or their their competence, you know, who am I, you know, what gifts do I have? So that's a human dynamic. Um, but here you're this uh, beautiful young girl there in the Central Valley, and uh, and you're struggling with it, but then there were, there were these forces really of darkness that were that were pushing you and encouraging you in a certain direction weren't there even like those songs we talked about yes absolutely because of the fear and confusion and the lack of 
um, stability in my household and my upbringing, um, it was very much influential in my life. I, they really used that fear to try to bring in pride, to try to bring in pride and encouragement and to be proud about it and to be secure about it. And it's okay. And this place of false comfort and a false belonging um, was really encouraged. Um, and like I said, I, I began to b- believe my own ideas of who I thought God was and all these different things. I, I remember telling my family, um, if I had the time and the finances, I would have a sex change, you know? And um, I was just so convinced that my body, there was something wrong with me, you know? Um, and looking back now, there are, there are so many different stages of development as you, you go through as a child and as a young person, as a young adult, that I really wish I was, I was guided in the right direction to um, to receive who I am created to be versus trying to make myself up to be something else. You know, yes. I remember just talking to my friend. She's um, she's a transgender and she has a full beard and she looks like a male. And um, we were chatting and um, the Lord has delivered her and has changed her heart. She's come to repentance where she realizes she's full woman and no longer wants um, to become a man. And so she's grieved because of the effects that her body now has. She's got a beard, you know, she's like a bearded lady and she doesn't know what to do. And I remember just conversating with her um, after being saved. And this was recent. And I looked at her and I told her, isn't it so weird that in our life for many years, we come to this position where we determine and make up who we think God is. And as well as we give ourselves a whole new identity and we even change our name. We position ourselves in the place of God and we make up this whole, like, it's like a fantasy. And we end up becoming tormented by the very thing we created. Uh. Um, It was never in the design of the holy God, um, but it was in our own design and our own understanding. But yet we were so young and confused and so dark. And we begin to create this idea of what we think should happen and who we think we are. And and someone in the right mind can look at us. You can look at us in the physical realm and you see that we are, we are women. Like how, how off can our brain be like how hurt and damaged and confused can our brain be to look and think, no, I'm a man when clearly you are a woman. Wow. And um, we we began to look at each other. I said, I, you know, I'm looking at my friend who now has a beard, who, who wishes her female body to be back to normal and is believing by faith, God will transform her physical body um, to be healed from the damage that she has uh, mutilated her body with um, and choices. And I, I looked at her and I said, I don't know who's the most confused or who is the most hurt. Um, us who, you know, ourselves who took our bodies and our emotional soul through these things are the people that surrounded us in deception. And encouraged we have you. people confirming and encouraging us to do these things to our bodies and not even talking the soul. I mean, this, I mean, this is literally physical mutilation to our bodies, but it affects our soul. My, My soul was tormented during that time. I was so hurt and lost. Um, you know, just knowing that what I know now in regards to God is love, um, that's not the kind of love that I needed then. That was that was um, self-satisfaction. That was 
that was deceiving, that was hurting my soul, hurting my body. Not it wanting, didn't bring me freedom. Not not wanting confrontation, not wanting have to, to be negative, not wanting to have to maybe, you know, encourage you and say, look, you know, you are a woman, God created you this way, there's there's hope, you can find a path to restoration and your true identity in Christ. Because it, 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 there's a lot of feedback, pushback, you, you, you know, and I, so we're, we're not going to lose the train here, we're, we're the train of thought that you're on. But I want to make sure that we really emphasize what you're talking about. And, and that is that, you know, this whole um, culture that is pushing this in the media, on music, in the schools, and um, people are not giving uh, encouragement to find ways to find healing and restoration peace and uh, union with God as a woman uh, rather than uh, going down a path that is really self-destructive in so many ways. And you mentioned the word pride. This is a huge issue, obviously, in this in this uh, subject, in this very important dynamic that's going on in so many people's lives and so many people are confused and, and really hurting. And so all that pain that you were feeling as a young lady, going you know, having puberty and then just angry and there was probably some self-hatred, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, so there's this like, I, that's, I don't want to be this. It's not who I want to be. And and now you were going to religion. You were going to church, you know, it was, but it wasn't like a real spirit-filled experience where where you were experiencing Christ and you really heard the gospel in a way where you could really encounter Christ. It was more of a weekly uh, experience where you went and, and it was religious, not so much relational. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, and it was it was um, based on occasion, possibly holidays, and every now and then. Right. I had so, no idea who God was. Right. Exactly. And so, so then, rather than all of the pain, maybe guilt, conviction, uh, with realizing that you're struggling with this and and having to fight that, really, it is a battle. I mean, you're in a you're in a spiritual warfare. <clears throat> we all are, and and you you have to do the work to to trust God and to, but it's, it's his supernatural transformation that, that happens. But the point is, is that pride is a way to kind of close the door on all that and say, rather than feel all of that and to come under conviction of the Holy Spirit and then go through that process of death to self and, and rising up in new creation, pride gets there and closes the door down and shuts out the gospel and the hope and the restoration and transformation, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, scripture says that God resists the proud. Mm. And um, that was such a huge downfall, becoming so uh, prideful. And even to the point where I'd curse God, I began to curse God. Mm. Um, so frustrated at God that I was um, created that way. And um, I didn't understand. And I began to curse God and when I began to curse God, all hell broke loose. Um, I just remember uh, I was about the age of 18 to 20 years old. I remember looking um, up at the sky and saying, you know, F you, God, why would I curse at this God that don't exist? I'm tired of cursing at you. Mm-hmm. And I stopped cursing God. Um I had by then denied Jesus as God because that was religion. If if you see, the thing between religion versus relationship, religion is having religious acts and devotion and self-discipline to get to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do that in my own. Like no. I, I didn't have that 
capacity to do that, nor does anybody, um, that self-righteousness. That's right. And it goes against the gospel of Jesus. Yes. Um, but relationship with God, with Jesus Christ in relationship, he does a work for you. He's a God who's alive, who sacrificed his son. And so Jesus is the sacrifice. And yes. so for me, I'm like, definitely Jesus is not my God. I cursed at God, was done with God, became a drug convicted felon at the age of 20 to 21 years old. Mm. And I was forced into a AA program. Um, I was forced into a drug rehab program. Um, And so I had to believe there was a higher power. So I had this spiritual awakening. Um, I was forced by court to, to confess that there was this higher power. And so I did it. Well, all of a sudden I had this spiritual awakening and I had this sort of like, like spiritualism connection, this hope and it was good. Um, it was good for the time being. And and I thought, maybe there is a God out there. There has to be a creator of the world. And that's when I began to seek, like, who is this God? Is it Buddha? Is he called the creator of the universe? Is, you know, am I a witch? Um, there's this power that comes with this. Am I a witch? I have these gifts of some sort. Maybe I'm a witch. Mm. And um, I just began to seek. And and I just began to see this. Um, this it was like a grace and a, and a favor on my life. Um, things happened where I got a job and, um, I got out of the program and all these things started happening. But when I was done with the drug program, I began to still struggle with alcoholism. I began to still struggle with torment. I began to still struggle with this darkness, that blackout rage that I talk about. Mm. I couldn't get right. By this time I had a good career. I had you know, I was traveling, playing women tackle football. I had women, I had vacation. I had a good job. I had a 401k, I had insurance. Now everything is in line for my life, but I still had this deep torment. I still didn't understand the purpose of life. And, um, and I still didn't understand who God was. And I remember just coming to this point of, of, um, just, so heartbroken in my life, you know, I realizing even if I was to have the permission of government or the permission of society that it's okay to be gay, it's okay to be transgender, there's still a part of me that is not okay. I don't know if God's okay with me. I don't know what any of this means. And I just remember just questioning and being frustrated. And, um, and by this time, I'm working so much trying to provide for myself, trying to make money, trying to prove myself with material things, um, trying to find any fulfillment that I can. And I remember just thinking, like, like what, like what is love? Like, what, what is the point of all of this? And just being broken. And my dad he had asked me, he said, Monet, why don't you come to church with me? And I was like, you know, dad, to be honest with you, the last, the last concern you should have is me going to a building. It's me going to this church to believe in some God that I believe is fairy tales and dictatorship. He's not my God. I don't believe in Jesus. And my dad was so thrown back. He said, wow. He said, daughter, I didn't know you believed that. And I said, yeah, I don't go around advertising it, but I don't believe that's God. And he he just stood back and it had to be around the same time I had been um, heartbroken by somebody. And I just thought, man, here I am again in this vicious cycle I can't get out of. And I told my dad, dad, I fell in love with the wrong person once again. This person has done nothing but take and hurt from me. And my dad looked at me in the car and he said, my prayer for you uh, Miha, which means daughter, my prayer for you, Miha, is that one day you will fall in love with someone who loves you more than you could ever love them. And it was weeks after that where I felt this draw to go to church. 
Mm. And I went to church and we went to this, this Catholic church and, you know, I'd party all night. I'd wake up half drunk at, you know, go to sleep around four or five in the morning, wake up around, you know, a few hours later, go to church. Me and my dad would go out to eat and have drinks after it was no big deal. It was a good thing. We went to church. That was great. Felt great. Went to church. Um, but it was at this moment where I was invited to a um, spirit filled church and I had every excuse in the book um, to say no, but one day I was asked and I had no excuse. And so I decided I'll go to this church. So I walked into this building mm-hmm. and when I walked into this church, the presence of God, which I, I didn't know how to identify it then, but there was a strong presence of the almighty King. I walked in, I began to weep. Mm-hmm. All my walls and my hard heart was melted and I had no control. And I just remember thinking, what can I do? Should I run out the door? Do I leave now? But there was such a comfort and mm. a love and a draw. I wanted to stay. Although I was fully just ashamed and embarrassed, I shook my head. And my dad said, I said, Dad, this is why I don't like coming to a Christian church. And he said, Miha, daughter, this is the Holy Spirit. Please receive him. I shook my head no, but I sat down and wept. I couldn't do anything but just weep in the presence of God. And this is where I began to hear about love. This is where I began to hear about true love. This love that my dad had prayed that I would find someone who loved me greater than I would ever be able to love them. This was who Jesus is. This was God who so loved the world that he sent his son to be the sacrifice of the sins of the world. This was the love. God is love. I began to hear the gospel for the first time. I had never heard about the gospel. I've never heard the gospel of Jesus. I've heard his name. I heard about church. I heard about the, you know, the idea of who God is as Jesus, but I never heard about who this God is. I began to hear about Jesus, how he is the deliverer, how Jesus is the savior of the world, how Jesus is a healer, how God is close to the brokenhearted and about this God, this father. God who loved me. He was my creator. He has created me into existence. He calls me by name and he knows me. I begin to hear the gospel of Jesus, how I don't have to make way for myself, that there is nothing I could do to get to heaven or to have a relationship with the father, that it's only by receiving his son, Jesus is he, Jesus is the only way to the father to realize that I'm a sinner to realize, and I come to a repentance, I no longer want this life, but I desire a new life in Christ Jesus, to be raised from the dead in Christ Jesus, to be a new creation, there it to is. have full access to my Father in heaven. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I received this gospel. I received, I came to repentance. I came to repentance, and I realized I seen Jesus is the son of God, who is the Lord of my life. I came to repentance and by repenting, I came into asking Jesus to be my Lord. And when I did that, it was like my, my scales came off my eyes. I became new. Come on. I became new. It's like, it was, it was the most radical thing I've ever had done in my life. Mm. I, I became new in that very moment. It was like my very eyesight could see differently. My heart could feel differently. I was connected to my father in heaven. I could feel his love and his grace and his goodness that continues to draw me to repentance. And I began to follow Christ from. 
My goodness, that's just absolutely so powerful. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, if, if any man or woman is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. You found a new identity. Uh, this young lady who's struggling with your sexual identity, your identity as a person, uh, all of the pain, all of the struggles and broken relationships and the hurt, uh, and then uh, the Lord got a hold of you. You gathered in a spirit-filled church and filled you with the Holy Spirit. You were born again as a new babe in Christ, uh, as yes. a woman of God, uh, and uh, found freedom in Christ. That is such a powerful uh, testimony. And there's so many people that are struggling with that today. And we're here on Kingdom Talk Radio at 1550 KXEX every Saturday. It's the best talk in town from 12 to 1. We have Monet Beltran here. Um and uh, is the name of your ministry Aim to Love? Yes. Aim to Love. And that's a website at www.aimtolove.com to, to, um, to find out more about what God is doing uh, with Monet and her team out of Florida traveling around. But Monet, uh, this is such uh, an important message for so many who are in that place of pain right now. And so many young people, you know, with COVID and the schools being shut down, Monet, um, there are uh, young and old, but so many young people that are broken, that are depressed, that are confused about their gender, uh, that people don't want to, uh, you know, tell them, well, there's a better path or, you know, God created you to be a woman or a man. So uh, there's hope in Christ and to join a woman's group, join a men's group or whatever and, and find, uh, you know, what it is to be a man or a woman. They say that, that men are made men in the presence of men. You know, and women, I'm sure it's a similar dynamic. Uh, and so that whole discipleship process um, is something that we should talk about uh, as how you, you know, come to a place of really finding your identity as a woman of God. But before we go there, I wanted to touch on how you talked about how that, um, you know, you were so angry, you know, having like anger blackouts and cursing God. And I'm sure Christians, if a Christian came to you in that state, and said, oh, Jesus loves you, you probably would have cursed them out too, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I did many times. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. So, so when, we, when we share the gospel with somebody and they curse at us, we need to realize that down the road, God can deal with them and bring Because you, you cursed at Christians and they're thinking, oh my gosh. And yet uh, later on, that seed that was planted or whatever, it was, was, was brought to life in your life down the road. So we need to remember that, don't we? Yes, absolutely. It is so important to remember that, to be obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God and to lift up the name of Jesus, share the gospel. Yes. Um, let people know not just God loves them, but Jesus loves them because Jesus is a way to the Father. And I could not have encountered Father God. I could not have become a new creation unless I went through Jesus, unless I came to the realization that Jesus is God and he is actually the one who set me free. Mm. He made me new. And so it's very important um, to hear the gospel, very important to hear the name of Jesus. I was brought back to um, a memory, if I could just uh, Please. share this, yeah. um, that uh, me and my friends, um, you know, they're, they're lesbians, and this was before I met Jesus, and we were going to Chick-fil-A, and right next to Chick-fil-A was In-N-Out, and I remember cursing because there was scripture on the bottom of in and outs cups. I was, I remember saying, I'm not going into Chick-fil-A, that Christian place 
you know, F them. And I remember cursing them. My, my gay friends were like, Monet, you need to stop. Like they were afraid because they had the fear of the Lord. I didn't, I, yeah. I you know, there were, so here are my friends, you know, I was the worst of I stopped cursing at God. And you need to, those people, Christians didn't do anything. Do you even know Christians? You need to stop being so judgmental and mean to them. But you know, the name of Jesus, scripture, and our identity as Christians is powerful. You know, demons tremble, demons flee, demons will manifest. And that's exactly what a lot of these things I'm talking about, the depression, the anxiety, the darkness, all that, you know, the rage, all that was demonic encounters. Those were demonic spirits that had to leave when Jesus came in. Wow. And I needed that freedom, you know, so don't be discouraged or afraid of, of demons. You know, we have the blood of Jesus. We have his very name, you know, that will, will, you know, make demons submit to the authority of Hallelujah. Christ. Hallelujah. Could you uh, extend an offer to anybody who's listening, right? Driving down Highway 41 or they're sitting in their their house right now, cleaning the kitchen floor, out in the garage, working on their car, uh, you know, that are out there right now and they're, they're hearing this message, this testimony. Could you extend an offer uh, for deliverance and salvation to them right now, Monet? Yes, absolutely. You know, I just, for those who are listening, I just want to let you know that, you know, I tried psychology. I tried pills. I tried everything under the book, but it did not try the name of Jesus. He mm-hmm. is a merciful, gracious God. Mm-hmm. And if you are listening and you are tormented with voices, you've even, you even believe that they are, they've become your voice. Um, you slander yourself. You hate yourself. You have self-sabotage. You ruin opportunity that has presented itself. Your relationships are broken. You're angry. You're mad. You, you don't know how to act right. You, you, when you try your best, it's still not good enough. You're constantly being beat up. There's depression and anxiety and mm. so much fear. I'm here to tell you that that is not God. That is not Jesus. These are demonic forces. These are demonic spirits. P- the society Society has called them emotional, um, emotional uh, issues, or or even diagnose certain things. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of this stuff, these are spirits. And by the name of Jesus, you can be free. Yes. But if you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are going to have torment. But if you today you realize there is sin in your life that you have fallen short of God's glory, that you are disconnected from the Father in heaven, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is after you. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now he desires you he will not invade you unless you allow him to mm. he is asking for relationship with you but you have to admit that you are not okay that you are broken mm. and you are in need of a savior you are needing salvation you are needing help you are needing the healer who is jesus you are your body your soul your spirit is needing healing that you are needing deliverance and you have to repent of your sins and receive jesus as your lord and savior and by by the power of the blood of Jesus, you will be set free. Some of you may not even receive Jesus right now, but me even saying his name and yes. declaring the gospel, you're being set free right now. There is peace coming to you right now. It's your body, soul, and spirit. Yes. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you want this peace that you are feeling right now at the sound of my voice, mm. by the power of Jesus, receive him right now in your heart by following this prayer. And you just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner. Jesus, I see you as a son of God. You are the sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. Forgive me for my sins. Holy Spirit, will you come and dwell within my heart? 
Jesus, set me free. Be my deliverer. Be my healer. Be my savior. And most of all, be the Lord of my life. Wow. Make me new, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. You have it there. The gospel of the kingdom of God. You're listening to Kingdom Talk Radio, and the Lord Jesus Christ is calling out to you right now just to surrender to him. Hallelujah. There's new life being uh, received right now in Jesus' name. Just believe and receive and rise up in that new identity in Christ and be a member and a citizen of the kingdom of God. There is hope today. I don't care what you're struggling with. The power of God is present to heal, and he's present to transform. He's present to save. And as Monet said, just believe and receive. You know, in Ephesians 4, it says, therefore, putting off uh, concerning the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on that new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So you put off the old and put on the new. Uh, and that's, that's what we're doing in, in 2022. And that rhymes. But, you know... Um, so we're, we're, we're moving forward uh, as, as new creatures in Christ, Monet, and uh, you truly have been born again uh, as a new creation. And so it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what you're doing right now. You have been reconciled. You are a new creation, and, and, and so am I. And then now we have been given that ministry of reconciliation to reconcile others to God through preaching the gospel of the kingdom. It says, and that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and has entrusted to us the, me- the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. And God is pleading through us to you that are listening We implore you in Christ's stead, in Christ's place, be reconciled to God. And that's what's going on right now uh, in the world is God is reconciling man unto himself and he's using you, Monet, and your team as as a ministry of the kingdom of God and bringing about kingdom uh, restoration and reconciliation. And it's so, so important uh, that we continue this work with so many people that are hurting. But the point is, is that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You know, there was an article that came out in CNN. It was a national article about Fresno and how it says there's no hope in Fresno's meth hell. No no antidote. Well, there is an antidote, and his name is Jesus. And it's not just yes. in meth hell, but in the hell of gender confusion, in the hell of depression, in the hell of a religious uh, confusion uh, and false religion. You know, if you're bound to a false religion, whether you're a Muslim or whether you're a Buddhist or whether you're a Hindu, Jesus loves you. God, Jesus is inclusive. He says, uh, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men and women unto me. And so um, there's such a powerful manifestation uh, of Christ when we preach the gospel. And uh, as we mentioned, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so now, Monet, in your ministry, I know you have a team. You're out of you're out of Florida, and you're, you're traveling around. It must be just so exciting. Uh, I I really look forward to when you bring your team uh, here to California again. I'd love to meet with everybody, and hopefully, we can just have fellowship, worship together, and, and maybe even go out into the community and and bring the gospel of the kingdom. 
But how do we do that where, you know, we don't want to affirm people in their confusion. We don't want to encourage them down a path that is self-destructive, that's hurting themselves because we love uh, people that, that are struggling. So how do we, how do we in love speak the truth? Um, and, and specifically with regards to people that maybe are struggling with their, their gender and, and they, they're wanting you to call them by their new, their new preferred pronoun or their new name. Um, how, how do you think that, the, how should we, I know each situation is different. We need the Holy Spirit and we need to be, you know, uh, flexible, but, but what, what, what do you think about that? How do we do that? Yeah. Um, you know, if you listen to my testimony, my whole life, I was looking for, um, a fulfillment and identity and I was searching for love, um, and, you know, connection. And so you mentioned second Corinthians five, it's being reconciled to the father you know, God is love. And so I, I seeked uh, my whole life, sought out in any direction for identity and for love. Mm. So the best thing we could do is share the gospel. Yes. You know, I remember uh, telling my friend, I'm so confused because I, I'm saved now, you know, and um, I, I, um, I know I'm called to be a preacher. I, I'm scared. I think I'm called to be a gay preacher. The Christians are going to hate me. The gay people are going to hate me. I don't know what to do. And he said, you know, are you a new creation? And I said, yes. And he goes, then let everything that you identify be new in Christ Jesus. You don't worry about any of the labels of the world. Don't be so concerned about how people see you or what they identify you as. But be new in Christ. Yes. Identify what scripture says who you are. And it broke something off. It took off that whole that whole debate, that whole issue of wanting to be what I think I should be or what other people, you know, how they see me or where they think I should be. It was it was really just renewing my mind by the word. And so the best thing we could do is, is share scripture with with um with all these people who believe in Christ Jesus, you know, um, be led in regards to how you identify somebody, you know, um, what we speak over people um, and how we label ourselves or what we're in agreement with, um, you know, can at times come into power. And we don't want to do that when two or three are in agreement, you know, um, uh, the Lord is in the midst of us when two or three are in agreement and we ask for these things in Jesus name, then, you know, it could be granted to us. So we want to be careful um, to not bring deception to people. We want to bring them truth. One of my, my mom's testimony, she wished that she would have given me truth. She Come on, wished she had, had a relationship with Jesus, yes. that she knew the word of God and that she could have loved me into truth. I wish somebody would have looked at me and gave me truth. Instead, they looked at me they were afraid and they came into deception and confusion with me. There you go. They let me be confused and deceived my, my. versus telling me truth of what reality is. Oh, that's so important. What you're saying is, is that, you know, we don't want conflict. We don't want to be getting messy. When, but are we willing in love to go there with somebody and walk Absolutely. through it with them and say, look, you are a woman of God. You are a new, you know, God's calling you to be a new creation and to, to encourage them to fight the good fight of faith rather than just immediately acquiescing because as soon as, you know, I have, I have friends, you know, that have children that are struggling with gender uh, issues and, and uh, we have it in our own family and so on. And, and um, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, we, 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 anytime you bring, uh, not anytime, but many times when you bring some truth to that situation, 
um, you're immediately attacked for being you know, homophobe or you're intolerant or you're full of hate and all of that. Uh, and so um, who wants to, to go there? You know, so but we have to in love out of compassion, be willing, like you said, not to bring deception, you know, and to encourage somebody that, you know, and, and, and I can understand that maybe if someone for the first time that you've met them and they're telling you they're a woman or whatever, you want to build some rapport, you may, you may address them with their preferred pronoun. I'm not saying to just be rude, to be, you know, rude or anything like that. You want to be loving and considerate, but ultimately, you know, we need to speak truth uh, and, and help people bring the gospel that there's, there is hope, there is transformation and Jesus Christ will make you a new creation and make you out to be the man of God or the woman of God that you were created to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I would, I would challenge uh, those listening to really, you know, to recognize there's going to be the accuser of the brethren. So we're going to have accusation, False but submit accusation. your heart to God and make sure that I, that accusation isn't actually an observation that is true. There you go. Make sure that you have love. And so the first step would be to examine your heart. Do you have prejudice against homosexuals? Mm. Do you have hate against homosexuals? If you do, repent to the Lord and ask him for love. You know, a lot of times when I'd walk through the church door, I would have a bow tie, shiny shoes, and a clean fade. And people would say, mighty woman of God. And I hadn't been called a woman in so long. And I remember Mm. going like that, like, it would hit me. But they meant it. It wasn't trying to force truth and the point of being no. right it was trying to force love wow and the truth of the gospel of jesus over my life love there it. was a different uh, a different presentation of Come truth on. not truth to prove being right there you but go truth to prove that christ is lord and that god's love is real that he is alive and that would impact me it would hit me woman of god they would tell me and i would think why would they call me a woman get alone a woman of god I never looked like one. Mm. I had never looked like one and for so long, you know, my whole life before I met Jesus. And, and I remember it came out of a place of truth and a genuine love. love there it. was no arguing with it. You can't argue truth. <laughs> it wasn't a debate. Truth is truth. Jesus is Lord. And when we tap into who he is and we just shower and overflow, we don't have to argue or debate that Jesus is alive. His spirit, his power, his blood is known. He makes himself known, you know? And so it was so beautiful. It just broke things off of my identity. And so I just encourage those listening to to ask God to give you love and the power of his spirit to release truth through the gospel of Christ. Yes. Oh, it's so important. Important because you know uh, Dr. Michael Brown. I don't know if you know who he is, but um, yeah. he uh, sent out an email here just a week or so ago, and he says Canada has declared war on freedom of religion and conscience. Uh, it's, oh. It may sound harmless, but the uh, Canadian Senate's decision to fast track a bill prohibiting what they're calling conversion therapy. He says th- th- that this bill is terribly dangerous without precedent worldwide. This is the worst legislation that's ever been passed against religious freedom. So now I'm not for conversion therapy. I'm for conversion. I'm for the gospel. And I don't know, you know, about all the psychobabble and everything that went on with conversion therapy. But what I am for is Jesus Christ and you're for is Jesus showing up in people's lives by the power of his Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel to be transformed into a new creation with a new identity in Christ, putting off the old, putting on the new and moving forward in faith and confidence in Christ with a new identity. Yes, amen. So they're outlawing that. So you you freely chose 
out of your own volition, you know, to choose a path to go down towards healing, peace, joy, you know, struggles, but but hope uh, in, in Christ. And and in Canada, they outlawed somebody coming alongside to encourage you and to say over you, mighty woman of God. You're a mighty woman of God, you know. And isn't that, isn't that, it's just really hurtful that, that the, the culture is going that way. And, and we're, we're seeing that heading that way in America if we don't speak up and bring your, your testimony and others like you, so many thousands who have found their true identity in Christ and have forsaken the homosexual lifestyle or gender confusion and, and have found their, their new, their new identity. Yes. The very thing that they accused the church of doing is the very thing that they're becoming. They're talking about conversion therapy, yet alone they're having this theology and conversion right. happening in schools today, there right you underneath go. The, the nose of parents. And it's very concerning. My heart is so grieved, and I am so sorry for those who had to go through conversion therapy or any sort of religious tradition and hurt that they had to go through. But I do need to testify about the freedom that Jesus brought to me. This was not forced on me, but this was a, a place of encountering the truest love and belonging to my father God in heaven. And it was never by me just growing out my hair and putting makeup on. It literally was a transformation of becoming a new creation and being set free and having the joy and the love and the peace of the Lord that I was created to have, you know, and this is a message um, that Canada is trying to take away from the gospel and we do need to rise up as Christians Come and we on. do need to, to share this message of the truth of being transformed by the power of God. You see, they can put all these rules and regulations all day long, but it is not going to stop God. God is God. Jesus is Lord and he will have his way for his children. And we need to remember that and continue to pray. This is a war right now at identity. And you were talking it about is. even a lot of young women. Well, see, women are created to, to um, women are created to give birth. Mm. They they will give birth um, to the seed, and so if if the, if the enemy can stop women from birthing and recreating, you know, creating what God has c- called us to create, then the enemy is going to be successful on that, and that ain't going to happen. God's creation will continue to stand, and we have to really pay attention and be alert for for what God is speaking to us to do during this age. This uh, really makes me remember that the Lord told me that there was going to be um, there was going to be a law against my testimony one day, and I seen him begin to to um, to lead me to different places. Mm-hmm. And I was on a plane, and I would continue to go, and I would share my testimony everywhere I went because um, that there was going to be a stop to this. That the the law was going to try to arrest me. That they were going to put a stop to my testimony. And so I just this fires me up because it just makes me realize I need to to get ready to go and. And, you know, God is calling us all as the body of Christ to, to stand in agreement um, for the sake of his children. And, and you're not going to stop preaching the gospel, are you? No. You're not going to stop. I will not you, stop. It, it doesn't matter what laws come out. It doesn't matter what no. the cult what the cult says, what the culture says. We're going to proclaim the gospel. Peter said, you judge whether it's right in the sight of God or man to obey God or man. But we can't help but preach the gospel. We, we will not be stopped. We're just getting started. We're looking at every opportunity, Monet. We're looking on the radio. We're looking on the street corner. We're looking at the grocery store. We're looking at the street. We're looking in the marketplace. We're bringing the gospel of the kingdom. And you know, I got to share this testimony. Built my faith up. It was a gift from God. Uh, my wife and I were, were 
We're down in, in Santa Monica, and, and we're walking down the street. It's raining off and on. This is Christmas Day. Um, uh, it was December 25th, and uh, it's, it's the um, promenade where they shut the street down where you can walk, and there's shops there, and 90% of the shops were shut down because it was Christmas, but there were still hundreds of people walking around. There was a man. It was raining off and on. This man was, was crawling down the street in the rain. His so, clothes were getting soaked. And I, just, I, I wasn't out on ministry. You know, I was just walking. And I, I, my heart went out to him, and I said, can I help you get up so you, you, know, you can walk? And he said, I can't. And he, he pointed to his swollen feet. I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. So I laid my hands on his forehead, and I said, Lord Jesus, please heal this man's feet so he can walk in Jesus' name. And I stretched out my hand. I said, you want to try and walk? He stood straight up, Monet, and walked straight down the street. Come on, I'm yes. telling you, God did something. And I started shouting out, in Jesus' name, this man walks. In Jesus' name, this man is walking. And and he just walked right down the promenade. Uh, and it was a, just a dramatic miracle uh, and the power of the name of Jesus. So God is doing uncommon things with common people in this very uh, uh, dark hour in the world. But... Uh, you know, the light is shining even brighter in that context. And Monet, you know, your ministry yeah. and your testimony is, is so powerful. I'm so glad that our listeners have got to hear, hear this. And uh, you need to jump on Facebook. You can go, um, you can go to Dennis McCourt uh, uh, on Facebook and or it'll be on KXEX. Uh, you can see the Facebook recording. We also have Spotify, Kingdom Talk, uh, and uh, you can share this with others. Uh, and we need to get this testimony of Christ in this gospel, of the kingdom out to as many people as possible because so many are struggling. Again, your website, uh, Monet, is aim to love. Yes, it is. Yes, www.aimtolove.com. I love the name of that ministry. And um, just we have just a couple minutes here. Um, your ministry, then, so you're in Florida, you're in Orlando, and you've got a group of mostly what, young people. And, and what do you do? What do you do? Yes, well. <laughs> I share the gospel. Um, these young people have made a decision to leave everything to follow Jesus. Um, there are different points in our ministry where we've seen majority of the disciples have been formerly homosexual and delivered by the power and the love of Christ into true identity. And they no longer identify wow. as homosexuals. Um, and so, you know, uh, our ministry really is based off of Second Corinthians 5 to be reconciled to the Father, yes. to recognize that um, He has given us Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. He is our teacher and us uh, reading scriptures, being baptized, not only in water, but by the Holy Spirit. Yes. He will raise us up as disciples of Jesus and He will teach us and He will grow us um, and show us how to follow Christ. Um, and so we do discipleship. Um, we also are based off of Isaiah 61, um, you know, where we see captives being set free. We see God turning um, ashes into beauty. And we see um, all these, you know, the restoration of the body of Christ taking place, the rebuilding of the body. And so we go around and um, empowering young people, reaching out to teenagers to come into reconciliation with the Father God. Um, we do outreach, discipleship, and we do launch. 
um, because I have uh, young people living with me, we also launch them into the next um, phase of their life, whatever that may be. Oh my gosh, that's we so amazing. We also offer um, short-term discipleship on the road. So we'll be traveling in year 2022, um, this year, we'll be traveling uh, once again throughout the United States. Uh, we can't even count how many states we went through. So yeah, no, yeah, that's we'll so awesome. Wow, we're listening here. Uh, you're listening here to Kingdom Talk Radio. We got Monet Beltran here at We Aim to Love. Go to weaimtolove.com. There's so much more we could talk about, but we do need to speak the truth in love and not encourage people in deception. And uh, even though we may be falsely accused, uh, we need to speak truth in love. And so we're going forth in faith. Thank you so much, Monet. God bless you. I look forward to next God time. You. you all have a wonderful day. The Lord be with you.